Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Welcome on into Morning Footy alongside Alexis Guerrero, Charlie Davies, Nico Cantor. I'm not Susanna Collins. No. I'm Allie Trostmark. I'm filling what? in today. First time hey. uh, in the host seat. I didn't notice. Oh, you didn't? No. Oh, interesting. I guess. Welcome. Yeah, hair, the same. Congrats Thank on your you first guys. show. Yes. I'm excited. Well, I'm mostly just excited that Alexis doesn't have to give me shtick while I'm doing the headlines and kicking my foot out because I fidget a lot. She does so. kick every time oh, she Oh, I'm doing it under the table right now, Do but you? you can't see it. So The wires. If the lights go out, it's because she kicked the, the extension plug out. <laughs> <laughs> if things were to shut down. Uh, how are we doing this morning, boys? Yeah, great. Good. Yeah. Are you Good. tired? <laughs> I'm tired. Yeah, but you were here yesterday. You got to give us an update. Uh, I'm tired. Uh, the Revs played last night. I, I did the really? call. Really? I heard you um, yesterday. With Brad Feldman. And it was the Revs' best match in terms of how they played since Bruce Arena had left. But in the end, obviously... It wasn't wasn't good enough. What happened? How come the whole team didn't show up? I only saw ten guys out there. What happened? <laughs> were they <laughs> were they sad? Don't get Nico started. How, how was the, how was the the ambiance at the stadium? It it was a weird feeling just because I think there were some that were relieved that the season were, okay. was over. You had some that were more frustrated at how the the team went from competing for the Eastern Conference title to bowing out in the playoffs and they felt they were the better team overall against the union had they been set up mm. to, to to succeed um with with the right tactics and player selection so it, it was uh, a difficult season i think to to unpack if you're a new england revolution player and supporter We'll uh, talk about more of that later on here on Morning Footy, but a lot of questions to be answered for yes. New England. Let's talk about uh, some exciting action. Champions League match day four wrapped up this week. So let's take a look at some of those results. There was a thriller. Copenhagen Man United 4-3, the final score. We'll get into that one. Arsenal 2-0 win over Sevilla in Group B. Bayern Munich get the 2-1 win over Galatasaray. Real Madrid cruised to a 3-0 win over Braga. And Real Sociedad 3-1 over Benfica. One one between Napoli and Union Berlin. Let's take a look at the Group A table as uh, whew, that was a, a bad day wow. yesterday if you are a Man U fan, but a good day if you are a Bayern Munich fan. They've qualified comfortably sitting at the top of the group. Meanwhile, Manchester United struggling right now, and uh, the struggles just continue, guys, against Copenhagen yesterday after a really strong start to the game for Manchester United. <clears throat> So disappointing to see things turn for them. It, they just can't get any luck right now. No, they no. seem cursed. But uh, looking at that table, given how poor Manchester United have been, 
you still have a good chance to, to progress. The difficult game is going to be against Bayern Munich, the second game yeah. against Bayern Munich. Mm, the difficult game is also going to have to be going to Istanbul to play Galatasaray. He, 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 but but if, you can't, if you can't be Galatasaray, right you, need to, you, you don't deserve to be in the next round of Champions League. Fair. Wouldn't Fair. you say that about Copenhagen as well? Yes, but given that this is the situation they're in, they have two games right. left. So yeah. every game is important. Now. Yeah. yeah, but uh, do you have any confidence? They still have a chance to go through, games? which is crazy. That's do you the have point. any yeah. confidence that they'll do that? I'm asking. I'm not no, suggesting. No, no, they, I don't. They will. No. I don't. Well, how could you? It's frustrating. If you if you're a Manchester United fan, you have to feel like everything's against you. VAR is against you. The world is against you. Everybody else is but, against you. This but they're is not the only team that's dealing with that. Let's be honest. We're having these conversations with other teams that are on the receiving end of some poor VAR decisions or questionable VAR decisions. Ones that affect your team and are still going out and, and not falling apart. Like Man U, who lost the lead twice in this game. We just saw the two, uh, the, the late equalizer and then the game-winning goal by Copenhagen. And it's not to say that Man United weren't up against it, but, I mean, yeah. you got to have a, a bit more of an inspired performance, no? I think the, I think the difficulties of this season are what caused their, this team to not be able to sort of galvanize yeah. in these tough moments. Like, confidence has to build. Yeah, it's the positive. feeling that, like, oh, it's happening again. Yeah. You know, and that has to be bleeding out onto this team. And you watch it. And, and there's also something to be said about Eric Ten Hag's posture on the sideline that just doesn't mm. give me confidence every time the camera cuts to him united fan just yeah he's no seems, emotion really what's the term browbeaten there's a term for how he looks and it's and i know that he you know he has a different personality than what we're used to in england i know he's like a very direct guy mm -hmm. he just says you know kind of somewhat robotic sometimes in the way he speaks he just kind of kind of gives you just the facts but, I mean, the guy's on the sideline. He looks defeated. He, he looks like they've lost the moment something bad happens to them. But you also don't want a, a coach who's erratic on the sideline when things are bad. Correct. It's, yeah. You look at Eric Ten Hag and you say, he doesn't get too high and he doesn't get too low. I'm okay with that as a manager. I, I don't care about the posture. It's more about the player selections and the tactics like, and how do you adjust when you have Johnny the lead being Evans down a man. started and, yesterday when Varane was available. Mm. He, Why? How? I don't know. It's been said by the beat writers who follow Manchester United said that, and I don't know if this came from a press conference or something they asked, or maybe they've just assessed it, that he prefers Johnny Evans to Varane, which is confusing just based on both of their careers and what we've seen Varane do. It's a bit confusing to suggest that Johnny Evans somehow fits his team. I know he got an assist in the last match, if not the previous match, but what exactly does he provide that Varane doesn't? So how, how hot? is Eric Ten Hag's seat getting? Because now it's not just the results, but you're, you're mentioning questionable personnel decisions as well. It'll be gauged if they do or don't make the Champions League knockout stage. I disagree. Regardless, it's hot as it's it hot, can but be right I now. Think, I think you have a justified reason. If they don't make the next one in the knockout stage in this group, you have a very justified reason to sack him. I don't think he gets sacked until, unless it's elongated, until the Ratcliffe situation is yeah. resolved. Because you're going to want, if, if what the rumors are true is that he will be making all footballing decisions, you almost don't want to take that decision out of his hands. And, 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 and where do you go from that? If you sack Tenag now, who takes over? Well, that's a question for any time that you fire no, because you, you, you have managers available. You, you have, there's, there's rumors floating around. Oh, this person would be interested in taking Man, Man United, th taking over that position, and he would, he would, there would be a benefit to taking him. Who are those rumors? There, Do we know? Because I can't imagine who would, 
who would be able to come in that's of that ilk? Like a the, good caretaker versus a long-term manager, right? No, the there's long-term. a difference. Yeah, a caretaker, you can get anyone. I mean, but uh, who would but be not, able to... Not so, not, not really. No, one, no, but you could get a legend. You could get someone of no like one, an Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's, you know, ilk that could come ooh. in and just to, I don't know, honestly, a real Ferdinand, someone who can just settle the team. <laughs> you know what I mean? Roy Keane. Give someone who can just settle the club, who's a legend, who at least the, the oh, locker room would respect ooh, ooh, for the rest Nishawa, of the season. For example, is a club legend that is available as a manager. Um, but no one, no one goes into a job, especially right now at Manchester United, saying, all right, like they're securing a long-term deal. Not even Alex Ferguson, when he took charge of Manchester United, yeah, he got five, kn- five that. relatively mediocre years before they right before they before became they what they became. I think it's difficult in modern it's football to diff- come in and say time. and say, yeah, but I'm saying this is this is a long-term plan. You at least have five years to figure it out at Manchester United, given how dire the situation. Um, no. They need to figure it out quickly. That's why until Ratcliffe shows up, decisions won't be made. But maybe by January, he will be there when Manchester United are or are not in the knockout stage of the Champions League. Yesterday's game, you can tell when a big decision doesn't go their way, like a red card. And we can get into the red card yeah, if, if you want. But that dictated the tone of Manchester United because they were playing really well. Mm-hmm. Hoyland was firing all cylinders. Yeah. <clears throat> and this red card, listen, it's it's Oof. a high tackle. I understand it why. It looks bad. Visually, that's bad. I understand why a referee goes over to the monitor, sees it, and has to give a red card. It's like his arm is twisted. Football isn't played in slow motion. It isn't played in freeze frame. Football's played in real time, and there are certain intentions. And when I see... Referees say a certain thing, and I see the large majority of football community, I'm not talking about fans, I'm talking about managers and players that have played this at this elite level, outspoken, outraged, that that shouldn't be a red card, it's very telling. Rashford had no intent. He gets him on the ankle. I know, but intent has nothing to do with it. Even so, though, just use common sense. This is my right. thing. If a referee can see the play, ARs can see the play. It's not missed. They For me, it. VA, VAR it. should only be into, implemented if the referee didn't have the right angle. He didn't. Mm-hmm. They didn't see it. If you go back and review a lot of actions that happen in a match, you could Anything probably make a, a ruling. Right. Exactly. But but for me, the referee sees it. There's. He, He's not, he's, not, he's not missing anything. He mm-hmm. sees what's going down. This is I don't want to see see this play. I want to see it in real time. This type of play should not be a red card. This is not a red card. And there's not force. He's going to protect the ball. That's what he's trying to do. He's trying to shield it. Mm-hmm. Th- this isn't a forceful tackle where it, 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 a red card is warranted. It, it now, if you gave like a yellow, I'm okay with that. It was a side effect of the uh, intended action, which was, as you mentioned, to shield the ball. But, yes. of course, as... We know I think intent any, is not. Anytime a player's ankle, the side of his ankle, gets cleats, you know, and mm-hmm. stomped, I think it's fair that we take a second to say, hey, let's look at it. But I think if, you know, what Nico's saying is true. If you watch this in real time, and we all saw it as it was happening, none of us said, like, oh, he meant to do that. So it's unfair to give a player a red card for the situation. But also, I feel like maybe the scrutiny we've been placing on these refs have caused this sort of maybe trigger happy or maybe the pressure is mounted on these refs to make these calls when it's not even necessary. This call wasn't necessary to be made. So and it, Manchester United somehow got screwed because of this situation. It's back 
course, from Trigger Happy. It's they don't want to blow the whistle. They want to let VAR dictate the game. They want VAR to make the tough decisions. In the penalty box, refs aren't blowing the whistle because they know that as a backup, they have VAR. So ultimately, when refs aren't taking decisions, when the prowess of referees are seen inside of the box and on these decisions, they're kind of taking a step back and using VAR as a safety net, it's a dangerous game because like in England and now slowly in Europe, VAR is refing these games and not the refs themselves. So again, I feel like this week we've had a very strong and controversial, emotional week yeah. with technology and football. It's an indication to IFAP to get together again, have a conversation on how the rhythm and the flow and, and the, the overall look of the game that we've yeah. grown to love is changing before our eyes. And just like I said yesterday, it's a dangerous, slippery slope and, that and we're going down. And Christina down. Uncle did join us last night on the Galato Network and said that, you know, her feeling is, as our uh, rules analyst here at CBS, that there will be some changes, mostly in regard to handling. But a, a lot of these these fouls, it, it it has, you're right, it's been an emotional week and it has, it feels like, changed the game recently in a lot of ways. And as we've also seen, affected some really crucial re results. As we know, in, in the Premier League table right now, uh, there could be some, some points later on that uh, came down to well, VAR decisions, rulings. Charlie said he doesn't want a coach that's too high or too low. I agree with that. I also don't want a ref that believes he's never wrong or she's never wrong, <coughs> but I also don't want a ref that's afraid to make a call. And that feels like where we are now. Well, we are solving all the VAR issues here this morning on Morning Footy. As, uh, Crazy. It's a wild time. Just let us do it. Yeah. I mean, clearly we know what we're doing. Well, I just don't get how there's not a discussion in that VAR room of maybe a player to be like, look at look at the overall situation, the context. Right. The, yeah. is, is this a player? I know you don't want to take into history, but is this a player that is – Malicious. Is, or frustrated with playing time, with the way the game's going. Can you see that he's, he's on the board? His his second career sending yeah. but, but Chuck, but, but like seeing those things. Because of the way that the protocol is written out and how VAR hands over a slow motion image to the referee, it's almost like the referee's arm is twisted. And this is why I, I'm not putting blame on on the referee that goes over to the monitor and has to give Rashford the red card because he shows up there with his hand twisted, yeah. having to give Rashford with, with, the with evidence. With yeah. evidence, it's like, okay, how do I go? How do I look at this and say, all right, this is not a red card because of the way that the rules and the protocols put into place, it, they almost feel obligated. Yes, there needs to be a. a, a a conversation to be had between the football community that makes up IFAB and the referees to discuss how these situations that on the pitch, like you said, the ref saw it, not a red card. The ref is seeing a lot of things, just like in, we'll talk about it in a couple of segments. Last night, the New England Revolution mm. red card to Mark oh Anthony K versus yeah. Philadelphia. The ref saw it. And you said, you told well, me the ace are saw it. But New England didn't react the way Manchester United did. They almost no, became a better team and after that. Well, that's a testament to... Talking about to, galvanizing. Yeah, exactly. Well, let's move over to a happier result out of Group A for Bayern uh, Munich fans, at least, as they qualified with a big 2-1 win over Galatasaray. Harry Kane having a fantastic game. Uh, with his new club. I mean, this is a, a, a world-class, complete striker playing at his best, trying to, to will Bayern Munich to a Champions League title. And 
This is why they signed him for 100 yeah. million with one year left because he can deliver. And it's just, it's, it's awesome to see a player like of Harry Kane's ability come through and deliver. So I, I'm a fan of, of brilliance and, and a player of his quality. Jeez. He's just, he's on just exceptional. Right Five exceptional. Ten goals on 20 shots, 15 of those on target. I mean, his conversion rate right now is bonkers. I'm, what you're looking at is, and I wanted to say you're looking at a player who is looks free, looks like he's having fun, he's yeah. relaxed. But so does Joshua Kimmich, so does Tell. Everyone around this guy looks like they're free because they know missing. you pass the ball to him. 41% of the time, that's a goal in the last five matches. Mm -hmm. That is wild. My questions for Bayern are, again, still defensively. Offensively, they can figure it out. They have so much quality. Galatasaray breached that Bayern Munich backline and had it not been for this, yeah. that Mauro Icardi was offside. Galatasaray would have taken the lead, which would have been an incredible result. The 4-3 the Copenhagen result definitely helped Galatasaray because the next matchup is Manchester United traveling to Rams Park. And if we reminisce back to 1993 in the Champions League when Galatasaray in Istanbul eliminated Manchester United, when they pulled up to the airport, there were signs that said, welcome to hell. And it will be part oh, two, I have yeah. no doubt. Trouble <laughs> shaking, yeah. let him jam yeah. They were like, no, they so, you're so mean. They no, said, welcome to hell. And they were like, oh no, we landed in Cleveland. <laughs> Oh, we went to the wrong place. I'm trying to place. hype it up, guys. No, it's going to be an I'm awesome atmosphere. And you're so mean, I keep no, wanting to keep things at you. No, uh, welcome to hell. And they're like, oh, what a nice song. Uh, hell is real. <laughs> hell is real. Here's yeah. Skyline Chili. Enjoy. Uh, we'll take a quick break here on Morning Footy. When we come back, uh, Freddie Lomeli will be back with the headlines. Stay with us. Yeah, he's like, they like <laughs> Baseball has begun, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today in 5, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Samphill, every Monday through Saturday as we deliver all of your fantasy baseball needs in just five minutes. We'll break down the biggest performers, news, and prospects who could make an impact this season. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. Welcome back into Morning Footy. It is NWSL Championship Weekend. OL Reign taking on Gotham FC. And we've got you covered on the Galazzo Network with a special edition of Attacking Third starting at 6 p.m. Eastern. And then we'll be right back here following the game for an extended post-game show. Allie Krieger, Megan Rapino, who will come out with up. I'm so excited. Uh, I'm also so excited to have uh, Freddie joining us for the headlines. Hola, Ali. You look fabulous, you and uh, Chuck. Yeah, you know, we wanted to memo. class it up a little bit. I saw him, I was like, let's go with like the leather style and everything. I would have brought mine if I had known. So uh, let Fashion me know next icons time. Fashion icons here. <laughs> <laughs> go last one out. Grease lightning icons. It's okay. Right. Right. <laughs> Cafe racer uh, motorcycles to work today. I like this. All right, guys, let's get into it this morning. Manchester United shocking 4-3 loss to FC Copenhagen. Well, that leaves Eddie Den Haag's team on life support practically in Champions League group play. And the Dutch manager did not hold back in his criticisms of the match official after Wednesday's loss. Ten Hag blamed his team's collapse on officiating calls that went against the Red Devils, some calls that were made using VAR technology, such as the play that earned Marcus Rashford a red. Let's take a listen. The game is never meant uh, uh, to be uh, like this. 
And this has nothing to do with uh, with football, uh, with uh, uh, decisions has to be made. And I accept that there are also uh, uh, wrong decisions are made. But if I sum it up, when you make on this level uh, three such tough decisions, uh, you uh, you control the game. In MLS news, Inter Miami is not in the playoffs, but the Leo Messi show is back in action tomorrow night. Miami head coach Tata Martino confirmed yesterday that Messi will play in Miami's exhibition match against New York City FC on Friday night, a match scheduled to honor Messi winning his eighth Ballon d'Or. And more MLS news, this time going on to the playoffs. Sporting Kansas City's surprising playoff has them in the Western Conference Finals, but that run will have to go on without starting defender Logan Ndembe. The Belgian left-back suffered for the torn ACL and SKC's playoff series win over St. Louis City. And Dembe played 25 matches for Sporting KC. He is facing a seven to nine month recovery time after ACL surgery. You hate to see it. And some news that hits both MLS and NWSL, the Seattle Sounders are in reportedly rather reportedly are in discussions to buy NWSL finalist O.L. Reign. According to a report by Sportigo, the Sounders are in, quote, advanced talks with Reign owners O.L. Group over a potential sale. Reign FC were put up for sale in April. The report comes as both the Sounders and Reign are in their respective playoffs, with the Sounders facing FC Dallas in Game 3 of their Western Conference Series tomorrow night. And O.L. Reign is facing Gotham FC in the NWSL Championship Final on Saturday. Imperdi! The U.S. men's national team roster for its November CONCACAF Nations League quarterfinal matches against Trinidad and Tobago drops later today. And one player whose involvement is still a big question mark is Christian Pulisic. Scans taken on a potential leg injury diagnosed Pulisic with muscle fatigue. That's actually good news, considering it appeared that the U.S. men's national team star had suffered a major hamstring injury that was laid in AC Milan's Championships League win against Paris Saint-Germain on Tuesday. Pulisic remains a doubt for Milan's upcoming Serie A match against Lecce and could miss the U.S. men's national team's November matches. Charlie, this one is for you, my guy. Do you give Christian a rest for these Nations League matches against Trinidad and Tobago, or do you have to bring him in there so you can make sure that you avoid another uh, surprise? <laughs> you you, you got to bring him in. Now, do you play him in that first leg? No, you, you don't have to. Uh, this is a player that needs some rest. Uh, I, I think from the previous um, matches where he had the thigh problem with Milan, he missed some time, he was rested. This could be you know, some compensation. And it's, it's for the long-term play for Christian Pulisic at AC Milan, I think it's, it's crucial that you don't run him into the ground. This, this is his first season where he's being yeah. relied on heavily at, at one of the biggest clubs in the world, the big, one of the biggest clubs in, in Syria who are competing for, for the title. Give him some rest. And he's been in great that's, form, That's what too. he needs. And, and they shouldn't need Christian Pulisic wait, wait, to beat say, Trinidad. Okay, that's the important okay. part. That's what I was you asking. absolutely don't need him for this first one. Come on, let him get a rest. Now, have you, did you ever have like, muscle fatigue where that kept you out of a game? Not, not prior to my, the, the car accident I was involved in, but after the car accident, absolutely, because my body completely changed. Mm. And so because I was so off-center, my right leg is an inch and a half shorter than my left, then I'm compensating all over. My body's trying to adjust, and that's when I was picking up calf, random calf injuries, uh, you know, groin, hamstring. And I, I understand how... It, it, it can be really difficult trying to maintain your body and, and having to take off days when, when you can. And, and that comes down to the manager. In Europe, 
you're being pushed every single day. Mm. So Christian has to play like he trains every single match. Where in MLS, you can get away with, hey, I, I had a good relationship with Jay Heaps in terms of he would give me an extra day off. I needed that extra day off. When I went to the Philadelphia Union when I got traded, there was no extra day off. Mm. I was expected to train at 100%, and I couldn't keep up. It was I was It was running me into the ground. And so I, I think when you, when you have a manager who understands, hey, let's give him an extra day. Give, yeah. him, give him a time to recovery. So instead of that extra training session, maybe you're in the training room do, getting massage and, and stretching and, and the sauna. So, so for you, no chance he plays on Saturday? No chance. Never say no chance. If I'm Pioli, I'm not playing him. Right. I'm giving him the rest that he needs Mm because you could see how important he is to Milan's success. Yeah. He needs to be on the pitch. In terms of creativity, creating space, finding uh, opportunities in the attacking third, Christian needs to play for this Milan team to be at their best. And you don't want it to turn into what happened at Chelsea where he's constantly dealing with injuries in and out of the lineup as well. So... I, good on Pulisic and, and on Milan for, for recognizing this. Early every, every player is different. Keep them fresh. E- yeah. and, and this is the thing. The best managers understand that. You can't treat every player the same. Some players need a little bit more time than others. Some need to be pushed a little bit more than others. And understanding your team, having that emotional intelligence, that's the difference between winning a league and losing a league. I'd love yeah. to hear the conversation between Pioli and Berhalter in the next coming days. Oh, to see how much and in which fashion they could or could not use him in the international break. Yeah, that'll be interesting. But uh, we are so excited here on Morning Footy because we've got a very special guest joining us next year on the show. Fire Nords, Calvin Stangs will join us for a chat. Stick around. Stings. Oh, it's in! Final lead in first half stoppage time. Their first Champions League goal in almost six years. Final successful on their return to the Champions League. A first win in the competition proper since December of 2017. Calvin Stings free kick led the way. Welcome back into Morning Footy. So thrilled to be joined now by Feyenoord's Calvin Stinks. Calvin, uh, did you get a chance to see your highlights as, as we were coming back into uh, the show? Yeah, I saw the free kick, but I saw the free kick already many times. <laughs> <laughs> okay, how many times are we talking? How many times did you reach Plays it on loop at the house. Uh, <laughs> I, I think the, the night of the game, I saw it already, I think, 10 or 20 times or something. My friends were sending me and stuff, so, yeah. It's nice to see. You got a, a, a lot of friends uh, following your career. Very excited to see uh, what you're up to. Yes, for sure, for sure. They're big supporters, so I love that. And uh, they come to games many times, so uh, that's nice. So your friends, they must be from North Holland, but you're playing for a Rotterdam team. Is it fair to say yes. your friends, although they're happy for you, <laughs> might support other clubs? Could be. <laughs> now, speaking, yeah, be, yes. speaking of other clubs, uh, you may have recently beaten one of them uh, pretty, pretty badly uh, in a team like Ajax. Uh, you were part of yes. that uh, now infamous game uh, where it had to be paused, obviously, and, and replayed later. Yeah. Going into a big match like that, 
Is it different when you're playing a team like Ajax? Are you, are you purposely trying to win that game a little bit harder than maybe some of the other matches in the Eredivisie? Uh, yeah, I think, of course, you want to, to win every game. But, yeah, that game is special uh, for the fans, uh, for the city. Um, yeah, it's the biggest game in, in the Netherlands. So, uh, yeah, that game is special. And for me personally, because my father-in-law was a former player of Ajax and stuff. So for me, it was also a little bit like special to win uh, that game. Wow. So, uh, yeah. What was nice. that conversation like <laughs> after that game? <laughs> yeah, no, no. He was happy for me. So, uh, but still, he's a big uh, Ajax supporter. And, uh Yeah. No, he was happy for me. So, Calvin, after, you know, this, this latest match against uh, Lazio, where do you feel that this team is going in, in, in the group stages? Do you feel that, you know, you're still in a good position to advance? What, what have you learned about your squad throughout this campaign? Uh, I think we learned that we can be uh, yeah, special on this level and can play good quality games, but in the away games... Yeah, you have to make a goal or like, yeah, you want to win the game and you need to win the game. And now, especially the last game we played against Lazio, yeah, we were a better team, but we didn't score and they got only one chance and they scored, you know. So, uh, yeah, that's what we have to learn. But that's Champions League playing on the highest level. And, uh, you know, when you give away one chance, it can be yeah over. So, and that was with the last game. Calvin, you talked about the games on the road. But please, for those of us who haven't been to the Cope yet, what's it like, that atmosphere? Because at least on TV, you could see the camera shaking when you guys score. It is <laughs> wild from a distance. What's it like playing there on a Champions League night? <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. Honestly, it's amazing. I have no other words to describe it. Like, the fans are always behind us, but especially on Champions League nights and it's dark and you feel it, you know, like always when we watch the games back, uh, you also see the camera of our, uh, our yeah, meeting, you see it also shaking. So that's funny. And uh, yeah, it's, it's amazing to play in the, in, in the cup, yes. So walking out, hearing the uh, Champions League anthem, getting all just hyped up for the match. What has that experience been like for you? 24 years old. Can you put it into words? It's a childhood dream. It's, uh, yeah, as a little kid, you want to play football. And, yeah, when you reach the Champions League, and I also, yeah, spoke with some guys from the team. And then when you see your family in the, in the stands, you know, yeah, it's a special feeling. Uh, Calvin, you obviously you guys are playing extremely well. You're in the midfield. A big part of your of your role is to to pass to a guy who scores quite a bit, and you have one of those in Santi Jimenez. Obviously, he's very popular here in in the states with the Mexican fans. Give us a little insight. What's yeah. it like playing with him, and does it make your job a little bit easier to have a guy like that who can score almost at will? No, of course. Uh, I think he's a quality striker. You don't need many chances to score and. He's a really professional guy, so you can talk with him and what you can do better, and he will help you with that. We will help him with that. So, yeah, you always have a feeling in the game, yeah, you can get one chance and there's a goal. So, yeah, that's really nice to have in the, in the field, of course. Yes. Yeah. Is, is, goals, yeah. So, 
as you're playing Champions League, I, I remember just playing against top quality comp uh, competition and, and you're succeeding, you're doing really well. So what are your aspirations? Where, where do you want to go? Where do you see yourself going? Is this uh, a, a big step for you playing at Feyenoord, playing, competing in the Champions League? Do you want to go to a, a, a bigger league? Is there a league that you feel that, man, this would be a dream to play in? Of course, but... I just came back for uh, from like two years playing in other competitions. I made a big step from AZ Alkmaar to Nice and it didn't work out that well. So, uh, yeah, I wanted to come back and yeah, Arne Slot, the coach, called me if I wanted to come to Feyenoord and yeah, it was directly that good feeling and yeah, especially now I have the feeling I made the right choice and for now I'm really happy at Feyenoord and of course, I'm still a young player and maybe in the future I will make another step but now for now I'm yeah I'm happy here and I'm just here for four months so <laughs> I, I've still contract for four years so hey you no, seem I'm happy, happy. <laughs> it's it's, it's yeah, great yeah, to see yeah, I am Cal when yeah, yeah. I played in Liga in France and and it it seemed it was a, a difficult transition for you and I think it'd be yeah. good for people to hear you're you're thriving you're happy you're you're in the Netherlands w what made that transition to Ligue 1 so difficult and you know it, obviously it can be a coach it could be not not ha vibing with your teammates uh, not winning yeah. not feeling the trust how was that that process um I think for me personally I think football wise I was ready to go to, to another league and to make a new step in my career but I was physically physically uh, for that uh, league not ready yet, I think. And when I look back, I had, maybe I had to do more gym and stuff. And now at Feyenoord, I feel they help me more. And and I get also a little bit older that I understand I need to do that, you know. So uh, I think for that time of my career, it was not the right move. But yeah, I still learned a lot. This was the first time away from my family. And I was alone with my girlfriend, so um, yeah, I learned also a lot, new friends, and it was, I don't want to blame anybody, and of course, sometimes you play two games, and then I'm three games on the bench, and that's also not nice for a young player, but um, I want to look to myself, and maybe I didn't do that enough to work on my body, and because talent-wise and football-wise, I think I can play in the league, but at that moment of my career, I, I think I was physically not that strong enough. Calvin, I think that's great to hear just because there are a lot of U.S. men's national team players playing in Europe and sometimes those, those moves have worked and, and sometimes they haven't. So yes, it's, it's difficult, especially when you're from the United States, you have to come to Europe. It's a big step, of course, and it's far away from your family. Last year, I still uh, played with semifinals mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, he got an injury, was out for a long time, and then it's difficult for, for those guys when, you're, when your family is away. So, um, yeah, then you want to help those guys. And, yeah, I think you know by yourself it's difficult to play in a different country. You don't speak the language. So, um, yeah, you want to help them. If you ever met my family, I'd love to be away from them for a while. Alexis, what was your, uh, the opportunity you had in soccer over Yeah, um, I was uh, going to run concessions. You seem like a very mature guy for, for your age, and that success has transferred over to the Dutch national team. I'm, I was trying to look for the list. It's not out yet. I would imagine 
you would be making Ronald Koeman's list for, for these games coming up. What's that experience been like to finally break into a Dutch national team? Uh, yeah, I hope so. I can I can come back in the in the team again. Uh, yeah, the last uh, national breaker was also there. I was first not in the list, but then he called me up. So that was also nice. After two and a half years away from the national team, I played yeah some games before, but yeah, it's nice to be back and yeah to show uh, yeah your game on uh, also the highest level with the best players of your yeah nationality. Yeah. Um, I want to ask real quick, because I know you're a big NBA fan. Um, yeah. Obviously, we, we found out you're a, unfortunately, you're a uh, <laughs> Golden State Warriors fan. But who's your favorite yeah. player? And who do you think, have you, have you been able to take any skills or anything you've seen on the basketball court? And has that helped you at all? On the football Yeah, pitch. the post-up, for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, the <laughs> is amazing. No, I, I just saw uh, the Stephen Curry documentary. And I think he also had like, he said some words about like being like a little bit small and yeah, he had to compete with some guys. And I think that kind of, yeah, the, so it's Steph Curry, my, <laughs> my player, uh, what I like, but yeah, he told like, yeah, I had to fight for those moments. And I saw the clips that he didn't score and he couldn't play his game. He wanted, and then he just felt, found a click and, yeah, about being working hard and stuff. So I think that's the thing what I learned about, yeah, that guy that he, yeah, he worked so hard to, yeah, Calvin, to how get his game up and, yes. Oh, Calvin, how is, uh, how's your shot from three? Do you play any basketball? Oh, it's really bad. It's really bad. <laughs> <laughs> always, I have not we, seen. We always play at, at Feyenoord, we, we have, uh, we have some, things and we can play so uh but it's really bad <laughs> whenever, whenever whenever i was in in europe and we were playing any american sport like basketball right. they expected you to be the best yeah but <laughs> all of them were dreadful they can't shoot <laughs> yeah they shoot from the chest yeah it's oh man yeah, it's, yeah. Hey, the technique's not there you have some guys you have some guys hey uh, calvin your your next match against alkmaar your former club what are you looking forward to yeah. for that one Oh, it's nice to see some, yeah, old teammates and uh, the coaching stuff. So, uh, yeah, we need to win and I want to win. And, uh, yeah, now it's against my former club. So, yeah, it's special, but I still need the three points. Yeah, absolutely. Yo, Calvin, awesome. next goal you score, I want to see a basketball <laughs> shot, Sully. Your celebration, make it a basketball shot. Yeah, give shot. us your best stuff, Curry. <laughs> okay, I will do that. I will do that for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we'll play it on air. Awesome. We'll play that on air. That's my guy. Absolutely. Calvin, thanks so much for taking the time to join us today. Best of luck. Uh, it's been great catching up with you. Thank you, guys. Have a nice day. Yeah, you, you too. too. All right, we'll take See a break here on Morning Footy. When we come back, we'll have more Champions League talks. Stick around. <laughs> 